She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Strap in, this is gonna be a long one. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. A lot of times these orphans are not just finding new families that love them and take care of them. They put them in closets under the stairs. Oh, shocker! An orphan's a chosen one! He didn't impregnate anybody that we know of, so first vampire that that hasn't happened. Again, writers are weird. Molly, we're 30 minutes in and we've talked about nothing! I seriously almost forgot our intro. (laughs) (laughs) That's the week we've had! (laughs) I think it wouldn't be the first time that we were like, oh, damn it, let's go back and do that again. (laughs) The people don't need to know that. Rewind! No, it's alright, I'm always forgetting things. Yeah, no worries, it's all good. I'm always forgetting things, so... It's been a week, lady. How's it going there? Uh, um, things are not great at the moment. Everything's fine with Tom and with the boys and all that. Um, I'm just having a really hard time adjusting to my new job. And um, yeah, that's so hard. That, it was it was a hard week. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, but you know, we bounce back, right? Right. I think this has been one of my hardest years teaching, and I think that's been like the consensus of most of my coworkers and most of the people in the world of education. Kids this year just have forgotten how to do school because they're forgetting they how to kid. Yeah, they don't know how to school. Right, they haven't been in school for so long that like they forgot how to do it. Right, and then we had a parent teacher conference with my oldest son's teachers uh, this week because I've talked about this before, but he's on the autism spectrum and. Um, he his issues are not educational they're behavioral right um but the behavior issues have gotten he forgot how to school too he forgot to Um, school i mean yeah so um so it was kind of a hard week um we are looking at moving him back from a 504 to an iep which we tried to do last year but last year they were saying it wasn't affecting his education like his autism wasn't affecting his education and this this year year both this feel like it is yeah, both his teachers this year are like, no, he would much more benefit from an IEP. Like, he definitely needs a plan that's more than just this accommodations. Like, he needs goals. Mm-hmm. So, we're trying again. I, mean, I have a friend who's um, an elementary school teacher, and she's a, a kindergartner went missing this week because they just took off to go to the bathroom because that's what you do at home is you get up and you go pee. But right. she went missing in the school because oh no, she didn't know where the bathroom was. She ended up in the fifth grade hall, which they are, don't have bathrooms in their classrooms. And no, it's they're like pods, so they're set up set up like the pods are set up in a U shape, and mm-hmm. then the building set up in a U shape. So there's two. Ma- oh, sorry, Tom. There's two major halls, and fifth mm-hmm. grade is at the top of this hall, and the kindergarten is at the bottom of this hall. Somehow she went from here, walked past several bathrooms. Over <laughs> yeah, well, she's five, so I guess it's okay. It's not okay that my eighth graders lose their way on the back to the bathroom. I mean, I forget why I go to the bathroom sometimes, but that's because I have a memory lapse. To pee, to pee. Yeah. Like the the reason to go to the bathroom is never not. To well, pee. I will walk into the bedroom and just be like, "Why did I come in here?" Okay, that's different. If you forget why you went to the bathroom, but it's like I whole walk other... through my bedroom to get to my bathroom. Oh, okay. Well, I see the dilemma. Yeah. Also, ADHD. So, <laughs> brain. Um, let's see. This week we started homeschooling back up. Yeah. So. Uh, you need to tell everybody what your first day activity was because I was like, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so, um, Liv, for her birthday, shout out to Matt's youngest brother, Joseph. Whenever the girls say they want something for their birthday, Uncle Joseph goes big. He does not do, like, mm-hmm. if Piper said she wanted a guitar, he would buy her the best guitar for her age group. Like, it, Livy said, I want to that's ski- the difference between the... That's the difference between being the uncle and the parent. Yes. And, I mean, when you don't have children, you have monies. So right. Libby said she wanted a skateboard. And what came in the mail? A skateboard suitable for a child who has been skating for a very long time. So we went over after a few days of her riding around in the neighborhood and practicing at our park in our neighborhood. I took her over to the skate park. And mm-hmm. by the end, she was trying the big like ramp she bit it hard and cried because her ego was bruised but Mm -hmm. on the way back through her tears she has to go back so there you go i'd say it's a w there you go i mean they did the other things too they like did the maths and the sciences yeah but i mean that's like kind of the beauty of homeschool right that you could take them to the skate park and they could actually do all the things there right with just the skate park but and there's like and there was no people there and being that we have a more compromised home it's right good to not be near the people's there was a guy our age skating there which was I forgot no, that. I mean, our generation. I mean, our generation is like the major generation that made it big, right? Right. So, like, they were the skater boys, right? Well, I'm not surprised. And he was helping the youngins that were there. There was another kid that was homeschooling that was there, and he was pointing stuff out to him too. Like, so he was helping them with chick tricks and crap, but still weird. We're almost forty. Maybe not Ooh. skate midweek. Yeah, I think it's time to hang up your. Skateboard. Skateboard. <laughs> You're all done, man. Uh, and if you if you do plan on skateboarding still, I recommend bubble wrap, full body. Yeah, I mean, or you know what? <laughs> Good for you, man. Just live your life. But I, I'm not doing it. I'm yeah, broken enough. Yeah, so, third book in spooky season. Yeah. We've got the Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Look at that gold foil i know and the artwork in here is gorgeous yeah i have thoughts on that and i know that's in your discussion question so i'll i'll hold on to that but this book won the newberry which for those of you who do not know what the newberry is this is one of the highest honors uh given in the literary world oh yeah it is the highest honor for chapter books given Every year. Um, ALA sponsors it, which is American Library Association. And the John Newberry Medal is uh, for the most distinguished contribution to American literature for children. Um, It's it's a big big deal. It's a big big deal. deal. Yeah. You you don't just win the Newberry for for junk. I mean, he won it in 2009. Neil Gaiman himself is a big deal. He's... Oh, yeah, for sure. He's directed things like... um, Doctor Who. He's written for Doctor Who. He's written oh, really? for movies. He's directed. He's done well, a I lot sort of, of things. He's well, a producer sort of on a bunch of crap. He's yeah. This I am. I feel like pages like the like the yeah. arm. It's amazing. I feel like he has like the same sort of following as like Tim Burton. Yeah. Um. Like he has a very specific genre, and it's always kind of like weird. Um. But I want him to take me under his wing, like. 
if anybody can teach longevity in writing, it's him. We don't write the yeah, same crap, but I, I want mean, the longevity this man has. I mean, I can see that, but I'm also sort of like, I really don't want him to because I think he's weird. But I mean, I'm weird. Again, writers are weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but I have read two books by him. This was the second. Um, they were both weird. I liked this the first one better one you than read? the other one. Coraline? Oh, yeah. Which is I liked this one better. Book. Right. I liked this one better. I read Coraline for um, my children's lit class, actually. Um, I took children's lit as an undergrad and grad school student. Um, and same with YA lit. That's the beauty of being an English major and a librarian. Yes. You be a children's librarian. You get to take like fun classes that other people are taking for an English credit. But you're like, I'm going to teach this. I get um, to take all of them. All of them. All the time. And, yeah, exactly. So I read Coraline for that. Um, and I actually think that was like the summer that you and I met. Yeah. Um, that I that I read it. But um, but this one I liked better than Coraline. So. Okay. Um, this book covers, we're covering today starts with a man murdering his family. Along the story. We well, not him. his family, but murdering a family. Murdering a family. Right. Correction. Asterix. Along, <laughs> along the story, we meet ghouls, ghosts, vampires, and werewolves. All mm -hmm. of this is a young adult book. This is yeah. intended for 10 and up. Right. So let's jump into my synopsis, and then we'll get talking, huh? Oh, but before you do, just a reminder to our listeners that we are in Spooky Month, like Molly said, oh, and correct. we are reading... We are reading four books for the month of October that have, like, a spooky vibe to them. And our first one was Frankenstein, which is classic horror, the birth which of sci-fi. It's really good. That I, I that was a good episode. And the fans... It was a good episode, it. but I didn't like the book. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't... Uh, uh, you know who does like the book? Nurse Katie. Nurse Katie told us <laughs> she liked the book. Oh, which, April and I had a really good laugh about because... We did. We did. We love um, it. <laughs> yeah, we do. And uh, the second one was Mexican Gothic, which is what we did last week. Um, which will be going live on Tuesday. Well, when, Tuesday. This, per, when this premieres, it will have premiered. The Mexican Gothic will have been a week before. Um, <laughs> wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then this one's the graveyard book, and next week we will do the Bone Garden. So now synopsis. Mom. Synopsis: A baby waters into a graveyard during the gruesome murder of his family. He is adopted by ghosts and named Nobody, Bod for short. A plethora of supernatural creatures help care for him as he grows in the graveyard. And we follow his journey as he becomes, you know, comes of age. It's a coming of mm -hmm. age book. And um, it jumps through time, right? We mm -hmm. don't see his whole life. We see snippets via chapters. Mm -hmm. So um, let's get into it. Yeah. Um, first things first. Is this spooky? Um, I thought so. It definitely has a spooky vibe. I mean, it takes place in a graveyard. Um, there's a lot of supernatural things. So like in my library, we're genreified and I have a section that's horror and this book would not be in horror. This section would be in my supernatural, this book would be in my yeah, supernatural section. I would, th that would definitely be the genre I'd put it in. Yeah. But it's why much more supernatural, supernatural, right? Well, no, because this starts with age 10. So this is actually considered a juvenile chapter book. Really? Um, 
Yeah, so it's a juvenile chapter book. YA tends to start, well, the genre used to start at 13, but it's progressively become uh, much more... mm, I don't know the word I want to use right now, but there's a lot more intensity of language and sex. And um, so, so really now YA doesn't really start till age 15. So this, this would do well in an elementary school or a middle school. I Um, felt the verbiage was really mature for starting at 10. Like, I think there was a lot of language in here and words in here that I normally wouldn't read in like a 10 year old's book. Um, the linguistics of it, or is it just me being weird? I, there might've been some that really pushed a reader. Like, so I have an eight year old, um, who will be nine this school year. And, and his reading level is about a fourth grade reading level, even though he's a third grader. I would say this is more of a fourth, fifth grade, but I don't think he would be ready for it as a third grader, even though he's on a a comprehension. Yeah. I think it would be better fifth sixth, seventh, and eighth, middle grade. Right. It's labeled a juvenile um, fiction book. But you start fifth grade? Yeah. Uh, Middle grade has like really had a a rising in the past really five years where there are really big middle grade books that have come out. And I think that that a lot of that has to do with the fact that YA has been pushed uh, to more grittier grounds. So it's like more mature now. And so there's more middle grade that's being released. I actually had a conversation in school about this. My, one of my last classes last year, they talked about how middle grade is going to be the new YA. YA was mm-hmm. huge a few years ago. Yeah. And it had all those movies that came out of books. Mm-hmm. And middle grade is going to be that new standing ground. And if you could write yeah. in there and get, because editors are seeking these books out, right? Right. right. Um. Like, because people have middle grades on their queries for days. So if you write middle grade, like, you are going to be squared away. I think we can partially owe credit to that, to uh, Harry Potter. Yep. Um, But I would also say, like, Percy Jackson and uh, the book Wonder, which is a fantastic book. We should really cover that on the pod. Um, that's a fantastic middle grade book. So yeah, I would say like a dog's purpose. My kids love the, that series. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, Rick Royden actually sponsors, it's called Rick Royden presents and it's a new middle grade, uh, imprint. Um, and it's several different series of books that are all fantasy, like in the vein of Rick Royden, uh-huh. but they're all, they all feature characters who are people of color and of all of the authors are people nice. of color. So it's That's a really amazing. cool. I love that. Yeah. I love it too. I just kind of wish we didn't have to stick a white guy's name on it to get it published. Right. Like that, that bothers me. It I'm not a fan of ex. that. It gives you yeah. the ex. But I'm really glad that Rick Royden is trying to change the world of publishing to say, hey, there are authors of color who are not being recognized and I want to change that. So, so middle grade is hot right now. It really is. Um, YA is uh, becoming so much more gritty that um, it's well, becoming more adult. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it really is. So, whoo, that was a tangent we went on. That was, we, we went way out to left field. Anyways, and we haven't even started talking about this book yet. <laughs> and that is April and Molly's take on book theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I agree with all that. I would say that this is spooky 
children's age. Like, yeah. I would I would say, I enjoyed this. I found it humorous. I found it fun. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was scary by any means. Yeah, I didn't either. And if I have a student that's looking for, like, horror, I'm going to direct them to more, like, R.L. Stein. Yes. Like, of this Goosebumps. age. Like this. Goosebumps. Right. I'm going to do that. And this I is more. I those on here. Next I... year. Next October. <laughs> Next year. Next year. Um, but I'm, I feel like this is one that, like, if my, my kids, like, ghost stories or whatever Uh if they want something supernatural this is a really good one and here's the difference between this and like a horror movie yeah it has that spooky or sorry book um it definitely has that spooky vibe but like there's only one bad guy and he's not the supernatural characters well i guess there's more than one bad guy. there's a couple spoilers but um but they're not out for several years right spoilers be damned the bad people in this are people and not these well, supernatural creatures. So. The ghouls are bad. I mean, I don't know that they're really bad. That's just they like were gonna how they're... God. They, they were, were going to gonna eat him. They were going to eat him. The whole but reason they, they were... didn't. They were planning on it. <laughs> that The whole reason they baby napped him. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to the ghouls. We'll get, we'll get to, to the, the ghouls. ghouls. <laughs> um, so being... I didn't realize this was your second Gainman book. Mm-hmm. Being this is your second attempt at Gaiman, what do you think of his writing style? Because I feel uh, it's authentic and original. Um, it's definitely his unique style. Um, I think I texted you this pretty early on in the book. Um, I, I really struggled with the first few chapters of this because they're written almost in second person, but they're not written in second person. They're also third person. Like the tenses are changing. Yeah, oh, changes all the time. Yeah, the point it's of view very change. confusing. Yeah, and the POV changes and the tense and like and it almost um, has a um, tempo to it the way he writes. Yeah, I, there's definitely Poe vibes. I get that yeah. with this one as well. Um, there's a reason why he doesn't name Jack like specifically Jack and keeps calling him the man Jack um, because Jack is a part of an organization. But you don't, he's a Jack of a Jack. But you don't know that until the end of the book. So at the beginning of the book, I was like, what is happening? Like, I don't understand why we're going back and forth. And that to me would have made it difficult to access, to access it as, as a younger reader. um, Because I was struggling to try to figure out where the F it was going. But, um, like I definitely enjoyed this one better than Coraline. Um, I think I because read I like Coraline, but I have, well, I think I liked Bod better. Like I just liked his character. I liked him as yeah. a, as a person. Caroline, uh, uh, Coraline. I've seen the movie, and that movie bugs me. It gets under my skin, and I yeah. I, I can't pinpoint why. I don't know. It feels morbid. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, I mean, it is. It it's is. like a dead girl. So right, but I don't know. There's something I don't know. It's playing with death. I don't like it. But yeah. Um, so my first reading of game and stuff was actually in middle school, but mm. I read Good Omens in middle school. You read Good Omens in middle school? It took this dyslexic girl forever. <laughs> I can't even imagine wanting to read Good Omens in middle school. But his, okay, so what stuck out then, it's not just him in Good Omens. Okay, so I actually have it right here. It's Neil Gaiman and Terry I'm going to say his name wrong. Terry Pratchett. 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 They wrote this together. Okay. Right. And Terry Pratchett is pretty classic in that sci-fi supernatural genre as so, well. He has a huge it, following. So Gaiman has this, it feels patchy, right? Like he's mm-hmm. writing paragraphs in different times and then putting them mm-hmm. together. 
And Pratchett kind of writes that same way. So they pieced together. And that's how this felt. Like he was piecing the story Mm -hmm. together slowly. And for someone that's dyslexic and ADHD, that's, it helps you follow the tempo. Like if there's, I'm going to keep saying tempo, 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 tempo. Sorry. But that's, I I just feel like there's a beat to the book. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how it kept me enthralled. I I like his style. I can't write like that. I can't, mine, I have a linear thought process, but I can see Mm -hmm. how he does not. Right. Right. I I could see, I could see his office where there's like note cards and like lines connecting, you know, he's got string Mm -hmm. connecting one note card to another. And what's that meme where the guy's got a cigarette and he's like on a conspiracy theory board and he's like. (laughs) Yeah. I totally know what you mean. Um, Yeah. I mean. I read Coraline because I had to read it for my class. It's not one I would have picked up otherwise. Um, I know just a bit of a spoiler for our, our listeners. We are going to be reading Good Omens in the in next, next year, year sometime. So uh, I'm excited to do that because I really liked the series. But, like, Neil Gaiman is not – he's not really my cup of tea. Like <gasps> – He's not the he he's not something that somebody that I'm going to pick up. Like I know he has a really uh big following in the graphic novel world mm-hmm. too and like again, I don't really like graphic novels, so that's not for me either. Um but he's just not really my cup of tea. Now, I did enjoy this book, but he's not he's not somebody that I'm like reading regularly, you know. I like weird. I, yeah. You know, and I think that's what attracts me to Gainman and his style is mm-hmm. weird, right? So well, when I, besides Twilight, I don't really read supernatural books. Like, right. I don't, I don't really do you that. You don't do vampires and witches and no. occult in any way? No, I don't. Um, and really, uh, besides Twilight, I don't really watch the movies for that either. Right. Um, now, Doctor Who kind of walks that line of sci-fi and supernatural and all these different but genres. Doctor Who is, has episodes that are horror. Doctor Who has uh-huh. episodes that are supernatural. Doctor Who has episodes that are sci-fi. Love stories. He, love stories. They're, they're wacky mm-hmm. ones. There's comedy right. episodes. Like, right. He literally... Spoiler alert, there's an episode where there are fucking dinosaurs on a spaceship. Dinosaurs yeah. in space is literally Not a spoiler title. alert for me because I have seen that episode. <laughs> and that is one of my favorite episodes, BT Dub. Anyways, yeah. moving on. Back to Neil Gaiman. We will finish this book, I swear to man, God, folks. Man, we are really off the rails today. <laughs> it's been a weird week for us, so Gosh. I'm going to take it. I'm sorry, besties. You know what? No, I'm not sorry. You strap up in. This. this is going to be a long one. <laughs> you've you've signed up for this. Let's move on. Okay. Um. So I listened to the uh full cast audiobook. Uh huh. Um. But you read the physical hard copy, right? Well, actually, this is the first time I've ever read a book this way. I both read the book and listened to the audiobook. So I was running out of time to record this episode, and I needed to be able to read when I couldn't read, like when I'm showering and getting ready and, you know, driving and those things that, like, you have to do, but I'd yeah. rather be reading. The grown-up um, so, things, yeah. Right, right. So I, um, I've never done that before, and it was really only for, like, the last maybe third of the book. Um the full cast was really cool, and definitely since it. this is technically a children's book, like, I love that they did Which, the full cast. 
I'll put the IMDb link to the full cast list because yeah. there's a lot of names everyone knows on there. Yeah. Um, it was good, uh, but I did read the physical book um, and was happy to do that because there are illustrations in right. it. Like, okay. If you're on I was YouTube, here's up, an example. Um, I was going to pull up the interlude because I found that interesting. So what did you think of the artwork? Um, I think the artwork uh, complements the book. Um, I don't know that it... Um, the artwork is by David McKean. Here's the interlude, the one Molly it's was talking so about. so pretty. So um, I think I it complements the book, but I don't think it does anything to push the story forward. And I was bothered by the fact, I'm going to show a picture that's towards the end here. Um, let me see if I can find it. I'm going to show a picture that's towards the end for those of you who are uh, watching on YouTube. The YouTube. Um, I'm trying to find the picture of the... There we go. Um, this is the picture of... Oh, I was just pulling that up. This is the picture of the... Uh, what are they called again? Um, uh, the thing in the, 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 the ground. Sleer. The sleer. The sleer. Yeah. So we've got the three-headed sleer here. And, and to me, this doesn't do any justice to the way... It was described. That, dis- that it was described. I mean, the description is like horrifying like i would 100 percent be afraid of that and then this is the picture which to me just looks sort of like but eh. but it also then shows that this is catered towards children right yeah yeah so actually i have to say side note um that part where the sleer get jack yeah. i was listening to the audiobook and the echoing of the sleer in my car i like had goosebumps i was like damn this is I really audi- good I audibly this gasped. is so good i audibly gasped I'm yeah. Like, um yeah, yeah. But it was good it was good i think if i picked this up at 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and this had the artwork and all this mm-hmm I would dig it. I would be all about it because well, I, I feel like, really yeah. think it would really help the process for a kid, you know? Yes. I feel like at 10, you need the artwork. Here's another one. This is Bod. Um, I love he's older. Um, so at 10, you need the artwork. At 12, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. But I mean, okay, this is the very first page of the novel. And it's a knife. I mean, I mean it, it's setting you up for this book is going to be... Okay, I want to talk about that for a second. It's going to be something. Before we, like... I don't know if I have a note on it, but let's talk about that for a second. We're literally starting this book with a mass murder. With a murder. A yeah. mass murder. He kills the mom, the dad, the sister. Right. And then he's there and to kill... And tells to kill the baby. Right. And which we learn later in the book, he's there... To kill Bod, right? Right. Bod is supposed to be the end of the Jacks. Bod is the chosen one. <laughs> oh, shocker! An orphan's a chosen one. Which we're gonna shocker. Get, we're gonna get into the orphan. What a surprise! We're gonna get into a sh- orphan conversation later. However, oh, okay. <laughs> I've never seen a. Hold on, my fucking things. My I've, my note. My notes literally say. Bod is the chosen one. Exclamation point. <laughs> um, sorry, my hair was bothering me. Um, I find it interesting that a children's book starts with such a graphic description of a Definitely. murder. Definitely. 
I feel like that description sets this book up to be a lot scarier than what it ended up being. But it sets the tone, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. It sets the tone. You know, mm-hmm. like, and you know what? That's realistic, though. Kids see all the time on the news. They're sitting at home watching the news mm-hmm. with mom right before dinner starts. And it talks about people dying. They've seen, they've heard of death. They know what death is. Today, my five-year-old told me what you do in a lockdown drill. Yeah, I don't. So, they know. I had Piper. We're gonna, I'm going to go on a tangent real quick. Um, third grade Piper one day came home after a lockdown drill from PAR. And she's crying. And I go, babe, what's wrong? And she goes, I was in the hall during lockdown. I was supposed to be going to the bathroom. And I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So... I walked my third grader and my kindergartner into our half bath and showed them how to stand on a toilet and crouch so that they wouldn't be seen if a shooter came into the school. Well, the teachers are also supposed to completely disregard our own safety to make sure that all of the kids are out of the hallway. Right. Um, Which I would definitely do that. I'm not, I'm not right. I'm not saying that, but it's not fun to have that conversation with your little ones. I feel like, a piece of their innocence is gone when we have to have these kind of conversations. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I feel like that about a lot of things though. I mean, every year I have to talk to my boys about safe touch and not safe touch for Cub Scouts. And every year I think to myself, I hate that I have to do this with them, but it's our life. It's our life. But I think Neil Gaiman is putting a foot in the real world, starting that way. You yeah. know what I mean? That is a realistic thing. Right. There are bad guys all the time that try to kill people. I mean, listen, if you're a younger viewer, what Molly said might be true, but they don't often try to go kill babies. So that's, this would be horrific no matter what. Like, people would not have liked that this happened. I mean, they tried to kill, I mean, the, he who must not be named tried killing Harry Potter as a baby too. Anyways. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Moving on! <laughs> Molly, we're 30 minutes in and we've talked about nothing. Good gracious. No, we've talked about all the things. Okay. <laughs> Question four. Bod seems to have several unlikely friends throughout the book. The little girl who he takes to the crypt below ground and the ghosts mm-hmm. um, of a convicted witch. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Gaiman did this? Was there one unlikely friend you liked the most? Uh, So my favorite of his friends was the witch. Um, And her name escapes me right now, but I really liked the witch. Um, I thought it was really cool that, uh, that he chose to befriend her, even though he was um, told not to go over that. He was told not to go there. Uh, That that place was, you know, unconsecrated ground and like, it was a scary place and a dangerous place. And yeah, we should not go there. However, that's not Bob's way. He tried to what like a sweet kid. He, he like, really is. He tried to. He went and stole from the underground crypt to freaking try to get her a headstone and like. Yeah. Sweet kid. Well, he he um. So he goes to try to uh, peek in on the unconsecrated ground and he ends up falling and hurting his leg. I think maybe possibly even breaking it and the witch heals him. Right. Right. So he risks his life 
to leave the graveyard, which he's not supposed to do because the Jacks still want him. Right. So he risks his life to leave the graveyard so he can pawn something that he steals from the Sleer um, so that he could make, buy her a gravestone because she's never had one. Um, he ends up getting trapped because the adults in this book are Elizabeth all horrible. was her name. Elizabeth, thank you. Um, and so he gets trapped because the adults in this book are all horrible. And then... Um, she actually comes and still helps him escape from that. And to me, here's here's the gravestone for the for those of you who are watching online. This is the gravestone he ends up making for her. It's literally it so just a sweet. rock, and it says "Eh, we we don't forget." Um, and because that's the only thing she wanted on there was her name because she couldn't couldn't read anyway. Um, but I, I liked their friendship. She ends up being around him for basically all of the book from that point forward. Well, she, she's even there in the big fight scene at the end. Well, so, and yeah, she's she like, my favorite. She helps him, like, figure out how phasing, right? His mm-hmm. his lessons, they're trying to teach him how to phase. They're trying mm-hmm. to ha- teach him how to be invisible. Right. And, and like, when he goes to school, she actually is the one that puts the spell on him that makes it so he's not... Um, He's sort of, sort of like the silence. Yes. He's only like, he, you only know he's there when you're looking at him and right. then you like promptly forget about him. So he's like the silence from Doctor Who. And the right. witch does that to him. Um, I really liked his storyline with Scarlet. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I was really sad when she left in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it was nice for him to have another human child and mm-hmm. her mom thought he was an invisible friend mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. And then she came back, and then he was gone again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she then Silas had to erase her memory. That broke my right. heart. I'm that glad Scarlet became a character at the end too, since right. she was so important to his life. I'm glad that she came back. Me too. Um, I thought that was a, a good tie-in. Um, immediately when she came back, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be his downfall." I knew it would either be because she drew him off out of the graveyard uh, right. in a more permanent capacity or something happens. Well, I didn't trust the Mr. What was his name? Snow guy or it was something. Winter-y. Mr. Frost. Mr. Frost. I didn't trust him from jump, but um, I knew she'd be his downfall. I kind of wondered if it would be that, that he fell in love with her and they left together and that's well, how he got attacked. But um, at yeah. first, I thought Mr. Frost was Silas, and then, like, the more they started describing him, I'm like, oh, that's not Silas. That's mm-hmm. not Silas. Silas is the... Um, well, when he, the, the second that Bod is, like, trapped in that, in what was his room, his nursery as a baby with Mr. Frost, and he says that the person who tried to kill his family had black hair and they've spent all this time describing the fact that, that Mr. Frost has like white hair now because he's, he's older. I thought, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is it. This is where he's going to find out that this is the bad guy. Right. So, and I, and like I said, I knew Scarlet was going to be the reason that that happened to him because Scarlet was the only person that he interacted with that would have the, uh, that would be compelling enough to drag him out right. of the graveyard. Right. Because right. he had that long-term connection. Well, and she was the only one that didn't know why he really needed to be there right. and be protected. Right. She was just as innocent as he was. Right. Um, right. So that leads me into my next question. Bod's mm-hmm. human interactions are limited to a short-lived friendship with Scarlet, a brief stint in school, uh, the guy at the pawn shop, and the dance. 
Do you think mm-hmm. these experiences molded him? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, the dance one, I don't know. I, I feel like that scene was completely unnecessary. Oh, it was I so loved weird. It. it was so weird. The audiobook um, did it beautifully. Um, I mean, I was I listening to it or was I reading it at that point? Now I can't even remember. But um, to me, that was unnecessary. I think that was included because that maybe I'm wrong about this and maybe you would know better than me. But isn't that like an actual like uh, not tall tale? What's the tale? Whatever. Myth? It's, a, it's a it's a myth. Yeah, it's right. a myth. The that, dance macabre. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I believe so, so. I think it's a German myth even. Right. Let me right? look it up. I don't know. Um, so anyway, so I can see that, that that inclusion was just because it was a myth. And so then it was a good tie in. But to me, that was unnecessary. But I think what really shaped him was the interaction with the person in the pawn shop, just to see that, like, even the people who aren't trying to murder you are right. not good people. Like, so, the only, and, the, and the people at school were also not good people. The right. only person that he interacted with that wasn't an evil person was Scarlet. Right. Right. Um, so it is a French lore. French. Dance macabre. It's spelled with an S in that. Not mm-hmm. dance. Oh, yeah. That's how it's actually spelled in the book, too. It's called also called the dance of death. Is mm-hmm. it, It's an artistic genre of allegory from the late Middle Ages. And it's, you know, it's just to talk about death, pretty much. It's just a lot of artwork and music. So it's spelled with an S in the physical book as well. But it is um, French. Here's another great picture of of uh, Bod. That's at the dance. Uh, so since we're talking about that, you did so you didn't like that chapter. No, I thought it was pointless. Um. So what did you think of the lady on the horse talking to everyone? What do you think the symbolism in her is? Okay, so I think the lady on the horse is the person that likes help pe- helps people into their death. Not like the Grim Reaper. I think she's the person that sort of like accompanies you into the afterlife. Like, here, get on my horse and I shall take you to the afterlife. What's that song? That was a song, right? In Molly, you are all life. over place today. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the... I know what I'm talking about. It was like... When all that, like, um, big band music was really popular in the 90s. I'm going to quote Tom Haverford from Parks and Rec. I thought we all agreed to forget when swing was big in the 90s. (laughs) Um, Anyways, I will put that song also in the comments because, in the notes, because everybody needs to know what song is stuck in my head now. Yeah, and... Also, because apparently we're really bad at our job, and most of the time we just go, we'll just put it in the notes. <laughs> we'll put it in the notes. But we obviously bring up things we don't plan on talking about. Yeah, I mean, Was I guess. Was I planning on talking about this song from the 90s when we all... Who knows? <laughs> Molly has ADHD. <laughs> it's like puppies running around with an open paint can. It's fine. In there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pointless. Um, I... Basically, I it. it was one of my favorite chapters. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, but an interesting thing happened in that chapter, and I might beautiful be, symbolism. might um might be derailing where you're planning on going with your questions because I know you're going to ask about him. Yeah, but um, Molly and I were having like a lot of discussions about what Silas is. Okay, and 
and I won't, I won't dive all the way into that yet. I'll, I'll give you the chance to ask it, but, um, he does mention that the dance is only for the living and for the dead, and he is not either. Right. So that's a really sad. big clue to what like, he is. You can feel how sad Silas is that he doesn't get to participate. <clears throat> but it seems so pointless. The ghosts spend all day preparing for it. The They're humans super are like excited, and they won't tell Bod shit about it. And and the humans are like. We have to do this, but we don't know why we have to do this. It's just a tradition. But why are we doing this tradition? And they're all very confused. And then they all basically dance together in the middle of town. And then the humans completely forget it. They take white flowers that give them a drug effect. Right. The ghosts remember it, but say that they don't. Like, it was pointless. Dumb. It was And if basically, if if it's the dance of death, why did they all live? Beautiful symbolism. There was no symbolism. They did not die, and this was not like the dance that ushered them to death. There no, was it was pointless. It's like um fuck, I'm gonna forget it. It's the holiday they celebrate in Mexico while like, they remember the dead. Yeah, Day of the Dead. The Day of the Dead, right? It has a really fancy name, I can't say it because it's Yeah, it's Spanish in Spanish. Though. It's uh God bless yeah, America. But I can't remember how to say it either because I don't know. It's beautiful symbolism because it shows the two different sides of Sabad's life, right? Uh, Bob lives with the dead, but he wants to be living. He is living. So it's showing this, like, beautiful symbolism of the two parts of Bob's life. All right. So the Day of the Dead is Dia de los Mortes. Yeah, those words. Um, And that's the Day of the Dead. Okay, so I can see your point, but I do not concede. I still think it was pointless. <laughs> so let's move on to Silas, and then we'll get on to my next Well, question. and and I do feel like there was a lot of in this book that could have been left out because we have weird chunks of his life, and I would have liked more chunks of his life than this fucking dance, okay? <laughs> so. I, I, I feel like... I feel like this dance was showing him a life he missed out on. There was like a mom and a baby and kids. He didn't need to see that. He knew what life he was missing out on. He knew. We'll agree to disagree. Moving on. Okay, fine. (laughs) So, it's never directly said till the end. Actually, it's never directly said. It's never directly said. What do you think Silas is? Okay, so... I'm going to tell you my end conclusion, and then I'm going to tell you how I got there. So, first of all, um, you sent me a link about uh, this book being banned. It was actually the graphic novel version of this book that was banned, and Which we just is finished banned. Insane. Well, we just finished banned books month, so um, thought that was interesting. But the graphic novel cover has Silas like wrapping his cape around Bod, and he's very clearly a vampire. vampire. It's, it's however, vampire. however. Um, I, for the, for most of this book felt like Silas was a guardian angel. They mention, um, they mention, oh, what was her name? Uh, I have it in my notes. Miss Lepescu is, oh, I love Miss Lepescu. She's great. So she turns into a dog and she refers to herself. She refers to herself as the hound of God. And so, yes, she's a werewolf. But my thought was if she's a hound of God and then they talk about the the honor guard. And Which I thought I, and Silas is a part of the honor guard. So I thought 
that doesn't mean that he couldn't be a guardian angel there. He's watching over Bod. He's been with him the whole time. Um, I 100% believe that angels are real and that sometimes they're here on earth in human form. And stuck Uh, as vampires. Uh, no, Uh, no. Um, Silas was choosing to take care of Bod. And, um, to me, a vampire would just like, you know, he definitely neglected his duties at part of the guard. Right. Right. Take care of Bod. Right. But then the confirmation that he is a vampire. Here is why I believe fully he's a vampire. Besides the fact that on the cover of the graphic novel, he's very clearly a vampire. There's two reasons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's two reasons. Well, and he didn't impregnate anybody that we know of. So first vampire that that hasn't happened with. Maybe Scarlet. We don't know. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I hope not. She's a child. Um, She's a teen at the end of this. Still a child, Molly. Still a child. Um, Teenager. (laughs) She's an adult when they get married. Oh, my gosh. I can't have this conversation. All right. So so the reason why definitively he is a vampire, even though it really did take me the whole book to buy into that, there's two reasons. When he gets hit by the police car, because Bod gets arrested and he's trying to save him. He is flying like a bat. All right. So that's the first one that I'm like, I literally put in my notes. Oh, so he's a bat. So uh, definitely. (laughs) Wait, this is what my notes say. Silas can also fly. Still could be an angel, but possibly a vampire. Described as a bat. Then my next one. Oh, Silas can't see his reflection. Definitely a vampire. (laughs) That really seals the deal. but But it's not on until page 239. That I really was like, okay, yeah, he's a vampire. And I guess for a book like this, which is supernatural, um, the genre makes more sense that he would be a vampire instead of being a guardian angel. But um, so on 239, there there's a room of mirrors and one of the honor guard dies and right. Silas doesn't have a reflection. So he can go in and, di- you know, dismantle the trap. And so that's where the confirmation came from. So what do you think he is? I've always thought he was a vampire from the beginning. Well, you know what? Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> um, I had suspicions about it. And then when we got to chapter five and the dance, uh-huh. and um, he's sitting there and he's like, I can't participate. I'm not alive. I'm not dead. Yeah, but I that would also like, be an angel. Angels are alive. They're one of um, God's creatures. They're alive. But they're not alive in the way that like, he, okay, whatever. But, it's supernatural. You can kill an angel. You can't kill a vampire unless you stake up. And then still well, because super e- supernatural is the end all be all on vampires. And Obviously, angels. no. I've only seen like three episodes of Supernatural. That show is scary. I don't get it. It's scary. Can't do it. There's too oh, many demons in that show. On. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Apparently, I- April has ADHD now too. <laughs> it rubs off. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> It's contagious. Apparently. The longer y'all listen, the more you're going to get. But no, as soon as like he said that he was not living and not dead, I was like, oh, homeboy's a vampire. Mm, yeah. No, I, I really thought until... And, like, he talked about um, how he didn't eat regular food and like he had to go yeah, get but other sources again, of food. Again, Angel. All those things. But he said he had to eat... He has a specific diet, he said. So would an angel. What's the angel's diet? What's an angel's Manna! Manna from God! <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Excuse me. 
Arden. <laughs> okay, now that we're done with Silas. <laughs> oh. uh, the goals are all named after famous politicians. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is like a tongue-in-cheek joke by uh, Neil Gaiman to like throw shade? I mean, it absolutely is. And my yes. favorite, my favorite two uh, were that. Uh, oh my gosh, where are they in my notes? I don't know. Um, Victor Hugo and Harry Truman. Cool. <laughs> Harry Truman was my favorite. <laughs> they keep describing the president and right. whatever number Harry Truman was, and I was like, "What president was this?" So I searched for it, and I was like, "Oh, Harry Truman. That's hilarious." So I just. I, I, they they're, they eat the undead. Mm-hmm. That they, they they convert living humans into them. Like mm-hmm. I I I thought it was hilarious. It, it was, was very funny. It was so. I funny. pictured them. I pictured them looking more like Abbott and Costello-y. Right. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um. I pictured that. Um. But the way that they're drawn in the book, it for those of you who are watching at home, let's see. Um, there we go. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, this is how they are drawn. Um, this is pages, um, let's see, uh, 64, 65, and 66. So there's uh, 64 and 65. Got to get my light going. And then here's 66. So they definitely don't look Abbott and Costello-y, but just like the just- who's on... They were having so many conversations that were almost like who's on first. Right. And I was like right. picturing Abbott well, and Costello. And you know, that is such it's like Shrek. It mm-hmm. is written for kids, but there's mm-hmm. jokes for adults in there. 100%. This was this was intended for the adults reading the Absolutely. Book. Absolutely. This was so Hems like he was like, you know what? It's gonna be really funny. I'm gonna throw in random politicians. Right. He's gonna really get them. Well, and it also threw off the timeline of this book for me because I kept thinking this book took place in the past. Um, it doesn't, though. No, I mean, they have cell phones. Like, this right. is taking place in when it was written, which was 2009. Like, but this is taking place in modern times. were died, like, when did they say? Oh, forever, forever ago. ago. They were, like, 17, 1700s or 1800s. Right. And, you know... Um, uh, side note, I don't understand why he has parents and a guardian. Like, why do you Because have both? they can't leave the gar- graveyard. Because they can't leave the graveyard. But then doesn't that just make Silas their parents? But I guess not. Silas whatever. has to still leave to do guard shit. Well, whatever. <laughs> he doesn't leave him alone. Whenever he leaves, he brings another guardian. So, like, that's the babysitter. So that makes Silas the parents. But whatever. Um... But yeah, uh, I kept thinking this took place longer ago, and the the historical aspect of the characters that are ghouls made me feel like it was longer ago, too. Right. And it wasn't really until the end of the book when they were talking about him having a cell phone or the internet when he was at school, and I was like, oh, no. okay, so this is taking place, like, now. Okay, right. okay. But you get that you get that old feel to it because all of the characters that live in the graveyard right. they're, they're, they're all I mean, they dead died. from that well, time. Well, and the graveyard's closed. It's not right. even like it's a not an active graveyard. It's not yeah, a functioning. It's a public park. It has it's a very nature old, habitat. Right. It's a very old headstones. Like mm-hmm. the youngest one in there died during the witch trials. Like it was. Yeah. Right. It, and there, there's a grave was, that goes all the way back to when, before England was really like right, a country. Right, right. Like the, the, the nomads. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I found it, I, I think Gaiman does a really good job about 
you are time traveling without time traveling in this book. Yeah, you for sure. You are definitely in a for historical sure. novel without it being a historical novel. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So lots of stories start with orphan orphans, right? But yeah. the graveyard book does this differently. Mm-hmm. Do you... Okay. Why do you think the orphan plotline is different in here? And why do you think we use it a lot? I mean, do you think... Do you think it's more different? It's different because the kid... His parents are murdered? Like, I mean, he's well, not... He, they okay, don't, do like, you think it's, it's different? Let me ask you that. Do you think this is different than, say, like, Annie, Harry Potter? Those kind of things. It kind of reminds me of Batman. Um, but instead of having a rich butler, having money in a butler, you have va- uh, ghost parents. Yeah, but and a vampire guardian. <laughs> but the reason I say that is because his parents are murdered. Right. Um, and Batman, like Bruce Wayne, is there when his parents are murdered, and right. I mean, for all intents and purposes, so is Bod. Right. Um, but besides all the rich and like being, you know, crime fighting guy. Like the whole purpose of Batman is that he wants revenge on his parents murderers. And that's the same thing for Bod. I mean, he never says it outright until the end. I of think the book. Bod just wants answers. He wants revenge. He doesn't kill them. He doesn't kill them the way that they killed his parents. Because he doesn't he want does them haunting the graveyard because it's his home. That's his ho- exactly, and that's the only reason why he doesn't kill them there. But the reason why he wants to go to school, and the reason that he wants to know all these things, he tells Silas because I want them. I want to know all the things so that when I meet them again, You're I ready. win. Yeah. And in some ways, I guess ugh, I hate referencing this, but in some ways, it's also like Harry Potter, right? Um, you know, he wants, and this is one of the biggest pet peeves I have about Harry Potter. If they would have just told him all his shit from the beginning, he would have been more prepared to fight Voldemort, right? right? And, like, that's the same thing with Bod. Bod asks these questions and wants to do these things because he wants to defeat the Jacks. The Jacks of all trades. And, um, ultimately, that's what happens in the end. Right. Um, I don't think it's a fresh take on the orphan story. I think the orphan story is done over and over again. Um, but there's a reason why it's definitely a, a literary trope. Um, why do you and, think we're drawn to, drawn to that trope though? I mean, we like an underdog, you know, you start at the bottom, you've got no parents, you're, you're, um, alone. A lot of times these orphans are not just finding new families that love them and take care of them. They put right. them in closets under the stairs. Um, so we like an underdog. We, we like the, we like the hero origin story. And if that means that it starts with the murder of the parents, then that's what we do. Interesting. What do you think? I feel like I've never read a story like this before. It hmm. is definitely, you're right though. I, after hearing you say Batman, I get it. I don't think Bod was after revenge. That's just how I read it. I feel mm. like Bod was more looking for answers and revenge came with the seek for answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he wants what everybody wants to have a life, you know? Mm. And that's, I mean, especially now, like post COVID, that mm-hmm. feeling of being trapped, that feeling of being stuck in the same place over and over again and not being able to go be in the world right. is something that I think 
everyone on the planet for there for a while could relate to. Yeah. And that is definitely original, I feel like. But I don't know. I think the original take on it was that it was ghosts raising him. Which... Wait. And that he was raised in an actually a loving environment because usually right. these stories don't go no. that way. True. Um, that that's my take on it. Okay. Um, but I love that I convinced you to my side. I I'm not saying you convinced me. I still think it's original, but I get the Batman reference now that you've explained it. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of all the characters we've met. In the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite? Um, I'm torn. Can I can I have three favorites? Sure, I'll give you okay. the top three. Um, so in no particular order, our witch. Yes. Um, I loved her. Very Elizabeth. Much. Elizabeth. Um, Silas because he's a good dude, even though he's a vampire. Um, he could have ate I, the kid, and he didn't. So right. He had his priorities. Well, and and we know that what he tells Bod is like he used to be a monster, but he realized he didn't have to be that. So it's very right. Edward Cullen. But um, the other the other one, his mom, I really oh, loved. Yes, I loved how much she loved. I him. love his family so much. His parents his mom him. his mom loved him like she was his mom. Like it, well, in that their goodbye. Let me talk, mm-hmm. like, I was just gonna I'm trying to find where ahead. it happens because I, I love the goodbye between the two of them. Go ahead. I'll also, find it. Their goodbye is so beautiful. Oh yeah. And she yeah, she re- she sings to him. Yep. Um originally she oh, wasn't there to, she wasn't there to say goodbye. Like she didn't wasn't gonna be able to is where I'm at if I Yeah, me right. too. Yeah, he, me too. Um, he, she wasn't going to say goodbye. And then on 305, he says, hello, mother, because he sees her. Um, and she sings to him. Um, and she, uh, she tells him, um, uh, she just asks him, do you know what you're going to do now? Which I feel like is like the most mom thing that you can do. Like your kid is all grown up and you're like, okay, what are you going to do with your life then? Um, and then she sings to him, and part of it is "Leave no path untaken." It's so I, beautiful. It's so beautiful. And, well, and, um, that's that's what all you can wish for your kids, right? And what great symbolism at the end mm-hmm. for the ghosts to start disappearing. What a great symbolism of the loss the last of childhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the last one to disappear is his mom. His mom, right? Yeah. Like, and because as we get older. That sense of whimsy, that sense of mm-hmm. magic slowly mm-hmm. dissipates. And yeah. Bod slowly leaving and saying goodbye to everybody in the graveyard mm-hmm. and just then like and everybody slowly disappearing. It mm-hmm. was beautiful. It was a beautiful yeah. way to use Very the symbolism beautiful. of adulthood. Yeah. I, side note, I didn't realize that he could like put his head into graves until at the end when he like, tried to do was, that and like yeah. he hits his head. Uh, like with, I knew he uh, could go poet. in. With the poet, what was his? Yeah, name? I know he. I knew he could go in and all out of all the buildings, but I didn't realize that he could like actually go into the graves too. So that was kind of surprising. I like um, the character too. But what? Uh, who would you say was your favorite of the? I like the Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, what is her name? The one that came to substitute for Miss Silas. Pikachu. 
I like Ms. her. Miss Lepescu. Lepescu. Um, mm-hmm. Alonzo at the end that always had the stories and the tales of the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Alonzo was hilarious. He's I'm like, sad I that- can't tell any more stories. But since you're twisting my arm, I'll tell you right. more. He kind of reminded me. Oh my gosh, Molly, what did you do to me? Um, he kind of reminded <laughs> me of the per, the professor in Harry Potter, who's like a real blowhard. Gilderoy uh, Lockhart. Thank, thank. No, not that one. Um, yes, him, but the one that like uh, is Slytherin, and he like befriends all of the Slughorn. Thank you. That one. Here, my Slughorn. Yeah, um, and I hate that I have Harry Potter references, and I blame you for this. I love um, you. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I thought he was really funny too. Um, uh, what was I going to say? There were so many characters to keep track of that I think the reason that I'm drawn to those three characters was because they were the ones that were mentioned so much. But I just remember what I was going to tell you. It was very sad when Miss Lepescu died, and I did oh, I was so sad, and I feel like they glossed over it real fast. They definitely did. It was like, did she she die? Much bigger, yeah, heartbreaking ending because she saved his ass. Well, maybe she'll come back as Miss Lepescu the White, and then we'll be fine. fine. For our friends that don't understand that reference, that was a Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) So, um. This was a movie. Did you, I don't know if you saw the No, launch. wait. I thought that the movie got canceled. got canceled. Okay, sorry. Right. So there was a movie that was planned, and the movie got canceled, uh, which I will share that Neil Gaiman talks about in this article about how he was really excited to work with Pixar and what they mm-hmm. did for Coraline. And, mm-hmm. you know, long story short, the ducks just weren't lining up, right? Yeah. Just things weren't lining up. In a lot of ways, I don't think this, even as a stop motion film, could be done that justice. Like I just, I like, honestly, if we're doing this now, I want live action. I don't think that would help either. They would CGI the hell out of it, and it just would be bad. Um, like I just feel like you can't get the humor of the ghosts that way, and you can't I don't get know. the. They, I don't know. They, I don't think nailed, it would be. They nailed Good Omens. I guess when I heard Good Omens was being made into a book, I literally threw a tantrum. I w- I, not turned into a book, turned into a show. I was yeah. so mad. And then right. I saw who was signed on and I go, if they make me hate David Tennant mm-hmm. over this. No one's going to make you hate David Tennant. He's David Tennant. But he's, he's David Tennant. But I think keeping Gaiman uh, attached to it as whatever yeah, but, it becomes would be amazing. But the what they did with Good Omens, you're talking about angels and demons, and they can be very much, you know, yeah. you don't need to CGI that. They're just angels and ge- demons. And the part that they CGI'd was, like, the world ending. You would, like, literally have to CGI this whole thing. Right. The whole thing. I mean, or it would have to be lot. stop motion. I just don't think it would have been. We saw what happened to cats. Yeah, oh my gosh. I, I had no desire to ever see that. Um, they may have been able to get away with it doing a Pixar film that wasn't stop motion because, like, they were able to do, like, ghost stuff with right. Um, Coco. Right. Um, so that might work. Um, I just don't think stop motion is it. Like, that's not it for me. I don't know. I I hope it gets a second chance. I like Gaiman. I like his work. I like when he's attached as a producer. It makes yeah, well, happy. I mean, if anything is going to give it a second chance, is that he's 
with Good Omens being getting a second season, like the popularity of that. I'm not saying Neil Gaiman isn't popular in and of himself, but like whenever an author um, is hot again, then right. they want to do more of their movies. So that, that's what happened with John Green. So they made um, they made The Fault in Our Stars, yes. and then it was like, oh, what other things does he have? Kids so they made him. Paper Towns, right. but I that's like my least favorite of his books. And then um, they made the Hulu series for Looking for Alaska, even though that, that one had been purchased by a production company like years before Fault in Our really? Stars. Did even. they buy it from it? Uh, I don't know how it all fell out. Like, the, one of the videos that I linked on the one we did for Looking for right. Alaska explains how it all happened. I just can't remember the logistics, but I can't either. like it, it, it had been purchased like very years before the Fault in Our Stars. Gotcha. But again, the author was hot, so then it's like, okay, what else can we push out by him? Um, and I feel like that's the same thing with Neil Gaiman. Like that, Good Omens might push the Graveyard Book to getting made. I don't know, but I just don't think you're going to be able to do it justice. Fingers crossed. That's yeah. it. Um, okay, that's the end of my notes. Oh, minus the fact that it was banned. But we talked about that. Mm-hmm. The, aud- the audacity of banning this book. Um, I just wanted to say I really like that when the book ends and Bod is leaving, that Silas is also leaving. Right, that, like he's done. His, his work here is done, done too. And um, they defeated the Jacks of All Trades, which is a big deal, which is essentially, I think, what the Honor Guard was doing. Right. Um, and the reason they were protecting Bod was because he was the chosen one who would defeat them. Right. Um, but uh, I, I think it was really cool that, like, that wasn't his home. He had been away from his home for a very long time and had chosen to stay with Bod. For Bod was 15 at the end of the right. book. So he had chosen to stay with Bod and then he left as well. Like, right. The graveyard is now back to just being the graveyard. Well, and that, and that whole thing at the end, Bod goes, call me if you need me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't think I'm, you know, Silas is like, I don't think I'm going to need you, kid. Yeah. But he tells him, okay, just be on the safe side. But- and you know what? Something just occurred to me right now. Um, because of the way that Bod got in the graveyard was that his family lived next to it. And he had crawled out of his crib and crawled out of his house and then up right. the hill into the graveyard. Which, by the way, who's watching your baby? Like, why would that ever happen? But I guess you're being murdered. So I guess that's what happens. It's acceptable. Um, it's acceptable if you're being murdered. Um, <laughs> Other than that, get your shit together. <laughs> right. But um, like Silas was probably already at the graveyard because he was already watching Bod. Right. Like if the Jacks knew that he existed, then the honor guard would have known as well. He was there. And that's why he was the keep the like, groundskeeper at um, the graveyard. And I feel like the job of the honor guard isn't ever done. I think they're mm-hmm. always going to have an eye on Bod, mm-hmm. even if it's more from a distance now. Mm-hmm. I I think they're always going to be there in the shadows. Yeah. Well, I and mean, I it's that like... Was, that was what Silas's job was from the beginning, right? To be yeah. in the shadows. Well, I mean, it's like the Jedi. They may have defeated one bad guy but they've got to watch out for the next generation i really think that we're always going to have more jacks i think more jacks are always going to pop up well they've they've killed all of them but that doesn't mean that the jacks can't be reborn i mean but right now that they have been they're all murdered right they're all dead 
So anyway, but I, I actually thank you for having me read this one. Um, this has been my favorite book of the four. Shut um, up. I know. I know. Um, and I'm almost finished with the Bone Garden. Um, I'm doing that one as an audiobook, and I'm about four hours from the end of it. And I can say that I think even after I finish that one, that this is going to be my favorite from this month. I, I did enjoy it. I now the Bone Garden is the reason I got into audiobooks. So, I know you told me that, so I can't wait to discuss really that with you because I am not reading that one as a physical book at all. That one is going to be completely audio. So, so, um, but that's yes. Next week, Tesh Grisham, mm-hmm. uh, the Bone Gardens. This is yeah. from two thousand and five. I want to say she had already started the Rizzoli and Isles series, mm. so. This is just like a little sub book because Isles, Dr. Isles is in this. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dr. Isles is in this, which we'll get into next week. Yeah. Uh, Um, But I I, I definitely like this one. And um, I just want to say, everybody, please continue to follow us on social media. We are on TikTok now. Um, Um, Don't forget to uh, leave a uh, rate and review us. It really helps. It boosts the algorithm. It really makes it. It really, really does. You don't think it does, but it will put us on the charts. It- right. We're on the charts in two countries, <laughs> but not here yet. <laughs> but we're there. We're so close. And we are very close. So, close. so, so rate us. Because um, we they, love you guys. And yeah. we want and everybody we're to love us. We're thankful. We've almost hit, um, almost hit a thousand streams, which is I great. I know. I know. Yeah, that's really and great. this is only our 15th episode, so I'm pretty proud yeah. of us. We've worked and, really hard. And for those of you that don't know how the podcasting world works, uh, which we didn't either until a few months ago. <laughs> Seriously, we um, just jumped in cold Yeah, we are like, hey, we let's do that. Uh, um, we did zero research. We're stupid. When, when you're not famous or already have a sort of following, um, it is really hard to make it into the charts. Um, so I'm proud of us, Molly. I am. And I'm really too. thankful for all of our listeners. I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for them. And we're going to keep doing this, even if you don't like us. Because it's fun for us. But if you do like us, please tell people that you like us. (laughs) You know what? Leave us a rating that you don't like us either. Ratings are ratings right now. No, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Potato, tomato, guys. Uh (laughs) Oh, man, Molly. (laughs) All right, so I think that's it. Um, Until next week, gang. Which is the end of spooky season mm-hmm. with uh, and, uh, Bone Gardens. And then we bone will garden. read. There's no S there. I'm from upstate New York. I add extra S's. I'm Hey, we do that in Ohio, too. Um, I, I Then the week after that, we will start uh, going back and forth between who's hosting. And I'll be the first one to host. And we'll be reading Hank Green's An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. I'm really excited to read it because Hank and I think the exact same way. <laughs> oh, my. Which is scary. Um, so <laughs> He's if just you are scientifically on a, based. Mine if you are following us on it. social media, we do post what up, upcoming books are happening we do have some people who are reading along i realize that we're reading a book a week um and that might not be your pace it's not our pace either spoilers bro we we are so far ahead we film these when we have time and we finish books when we have time and so um we're ahead of where we expect we're we're, we're also expected to be we're also ahead because we're covered books that we've read before so some of them are some of them are um, so yeah, so, uh, rate us, Molly, I love you. I love you. We're not an hour 10. We're out of here, guys.
Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Halloween Pumpkin by purpletechplanet.com. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com. 